Okay, hi there. My name is Emily Zaslowski, and I was a volleyball player at the University of North Carolina, and I am the host of the More Than My Stats podcast. I know personally, now that the Olympics are on, I tend to watch only the sports or the highlights of the sports that I have an idea of what's going on, like either me or my roommate in college played it, or like volleyball. Um, and I realize that so many people would probably love volleyball too if they had the same like basic knowledge as I did for it. And so with that logic, I decided to ask my community of, hey, do you have a sport that you can talk about and teach me some of the basics and share this with our community? And luckily, uh, you know, we got record responses more than I was expecting. Um, we just talked to a phenomenal judo athlete. And now we have Jordan Kohler joining us, who is a collegiate golfer. She is a rising senior. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited to talk golf with you today. So thanks so much for coming on to, to teach me and everyone else a little more about golf. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, so this is being released. Um, the men's the men's tournament um, for the round one starts today, and mm -hmm. the women's is going to start after that August 3rd. So if you're listening, mm -hmm. you're about to see a lot more golf being played. So this is the perfect time to learn what's going on and learn some terminology. Um, so again, thank you so much. I know uh, like people are reporting back for school now. So thanks so much for taking the time to come and talk with us. Um, I'm really excited because I do know a little about golf. Like mm -hmm. I've been, like I, I went to, a, it's like kind of hard to watch. So like I almost prefer personally mm -hmm. watching it on TV. Cause I just like sat at one hole and watched a bunch of different people. But when you yeah. have a favorite, it's a little easier to watch um, mm -hmm. when you can just kind of jump around with the TV. So I'm, I'm really excited to learn more. So I can be a much better spectator this year for the Olympics. All right. Can you first start kind of vague and basic? And if I had to ask you, can you generally describe golf? Uh, how would you do that to someone? Yeah, the simplest way to put it is you have about an, a ball the size of like an inch in diameter, and you're trying to put it into a four inch diameter hole 18 times. Love <laughs> um, it. Yeah. <laughs> On the way, you might have some penalty areas, some trees, some water, uh, some sand bunkers, but the gist, you're trying to get a little, hole, little ball into a hole. That's so so basically, if someone's gone mini golfing, they are not too far off. Just yeah. add some more, add some more distance, add some more clubs, add some bigger obstacles, but pretty much yeah. um, mini golf just on a bigger scale. Yeah, that, that's probably why it's called mini golf. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. I think most of the confusion around golf um, mm -hmm. comes around not just the terminology, but like how it's scored mm -hmm. and the terminology yeah. that's used. So when you're watching, you kind of get what's happening. It's good when they get that, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily get if it's good or bad based on um, mm -hmm. just what the words the announcer is saying. So can you talk a little bit about how scoring works in golf and what the different terms are we may hear? Yeah, so you're going to hear terms like par, birdie, bogey. Um, with bogey, you're going to hear double, triple, um, eagle, ace. Uh, the main one you have to know is par. And basically on a golf course, every hole is going to be a different length. And depending on that length, it's going to be uh, given a par of a three, four, or five typically. And so another term you'll hear is in regulation or like green in, it, in regulation. And that just means that you have gotten on the green with still two strokes to be until you can like finish out in the hole. So on a par three, the goal is to get it on the green in the first shot. And so now you have two strokes um, to get it in the hole to make that par. 
On a par four, you're trying to get it on in the second shot. Par five, usually it's the third shot. Um, so yeah, so depending on the length of the hole, it's gonna be ranked for the par. So based off of a par, if you do one better, so say on a par three, you get it on in one and then you put it in in one, you have a two. It, because it's one under the par, it's called a birdie. Um, on a say par five, you get it in in three, so it's two under the par, it's gonna be an eagle. Um, however, if you go over one over the par or two over, that's when you start getting bogeys. So bogeys one over, double bogeys two over, you can see it's triple bogey three. Um, and then ace is just the fancy term for a hole in one. Okay, well, that, I'm glad because I was like, when I heard ace, I honestly didn't know what that that term was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so it kind of makes sense. Like, so you got birds, birds are good. Anything, mm -hmm. if you hear birds or ace, those things like, okay, we're good. Anything yeah. like, and like, yeah, all those other terms just don't even sound very good anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so if, and if it's, so the par, let's say the par is three, if they mm -hmm. hit it in three and that, is that just called par? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was actually a really much easier breakdown. And I loved how you said like did the minus two things that like, mm -hmm. um, generally, and so you said it's based on distance. So does this mean every single hole, like in the Olympics that on this course will mm -hmm. be decided, like the golfers will all know, even though the tournament hasn't started today, it's been designated already by someone else. And they know what each par is right now. Yeah. So the pars come into like the design of the golf courses. So when like courses like are designed um, they, they're going to know based off of like how long they're making a hole, whether it's going to be a par three, par four, or par five, just because those lengths are typical. They're pretty typical in like how far they are. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I said before, my level of experience is basically putt putt golf, watching mm -hmm. a few friends, like but not really know what's going on. And then my um, grandpa likes to golf a lot and he's always yeah. talking about his handicap. And I think this is probably mm -hmm. terminology. I'm not sure if that's even a thing in the Olympics, but can you explain if I heard someone say what their handicap is, what that means mm -hmm. and if that's a thing in the Olympics? Yeah, so a handicap is basically, so every course is rated on difficulty. Um, so some courses say the total par that's added up over all the 18 holes is 72. Well, the course could be a little bit more difficult. So the rating for it could be a 73, or if it's easier, it could be as low as like a 69. Um, and so based off of the course handicap or par, um, a person can submit their scores. And then based off of how far away their personal score is from the course rating, then that's how they get a handicap. So say somebody who usually hits about 10 over par, they're gonna have like about a 10 handicap or somebody that is below par, they're gonna have a negative handicap. Um, for somebody that will usually only hit par, we call them a scratch golfer. Um, but in the Olympics, that's not necessary. Those are usually used in like amateur events, um, country clubs, when they have events, they'll consider, they'll take in the handicap um, and like give people backstrokes for different holes. But in the Olympics, it's just growth score. So it's what you shoot, you shoot. So the handicap doesn't really come into it for professionals. That makes sense. So that's the only, the mm -hmm. only equivalent I have is like, like bumpers and bowling. Like it gives my yeah. kid's cousin a chance to not, mm -hmm. to kind of eat, like, so just because someone's a better golfer, you can still like in a group of friends, let's say there's two good golfers, two bad golfers. It's yeah. not for the Olympics. So they don't really care. It kind of just 
levels the playing field. Exactly. So even so the good golfers just don't always technically win the bad golfers mm-hmm. like could have a good day, which would then be a win in their book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, very interesting. I'm, I'm very glad, yeah. but also <laughs> makes complete sense why they don't do that at the Olympics. Like just because yeah. you're the number one <laughs> golfer in the world doesn't mean you should be penalized for that. Okay. Exactly. Um, the other big term besides like birdies and, and handicap mm-hmm. I hear is um, different clubs. These announcers are always like saying like, oh, I think he's reaching for whatever iron. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, I don't even know if briefly is possible here or how many <laughs> options there are, but um, can you describe the different club types and when you would use the different ones? Yes, I can just go in like categories. So the primary one you're going to hear off the tee box, which we can talk about what that is later, um, <laughs> is a driver. And so that one is just, uh, it's a really big head, really round. Um, that's the longest club. Typically, that's going to go the farthest. Most people are going to hit it off the tee box most of the time. Um, then you have woods, which are very similar to a driver, but they're easier to hit off the ground. Uh, so they typically are a little bit flatter, but have a very similar head shape for the most part. Um, and again, those are like for longer distances. And then you're going to have your irons. Um, which can range. Uh, most people have anywhere from like a nine iron to four or five, depending on what you have in your bag. But those typically are thinner heads. Um, and the main difference between all of them is the loft. So there's like an angle on the club face from the, like the, from the ground to where the club face is that has an angle. Every single club in your bag is gonna have a different angle because that launch angle is going to change how far the ball is going to go. So there's a lot of physics that goes into that, but basically each club is going to go a different distance. Um, and then your wedges are more for closer to the green. They have the highest loft um, and create a lot of spin. So the ball stops faster. And then most people know from mini golf putters, <laughs> uh, everyone has those in their bag as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so the primary difference between every club is just the loft and then the distance that each of them provides. So depending on how far out somebody is, what kind of shot they're trying to make, um, they'll pull out whatever club is most comfortable for them. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I actually I lied too because I have top golfed a few times and I always yeah. reach for the driver because <laughs> I'm the best at it. But actually, what I'm hearing is I just thought it was because it's bigger and it's like easier for me to do. But it's actually mm-hmm. the angle of like mm-hmm. wh- the surface that's hitting it. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And also makes sense that if most people are hitting, like how I, I said, I feel like I hear that he's reaching for the nine iron or he's going to mm-hmm. do this with the nine iron. It makes sense because the announcers aren't going to comment. Oh, he's reaching for the driver as he hits it off the tee because like, mm-hmm. okay, that's not even worth commenting. Like everyone's hitting yeah. it off. But like <laughs> when you get to that le- that length of shot of mm-hmm. the iron it might be actually a choice that they're choosing yeah. to do. So I guess that makes sense as well. Yeah. Um, okay. This is, I'm actually impressed. I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to like be so lost here. Um, okay. So how does, um, when it comes to the Olympics now, so like mm-hmm. take that, those are all like basics for let's go mm-hmm. any, anywhere, um, for the Olympics, how do medals work? Um, like is each team, like, is it like team USA golfing, um, almost like the gymnastics and the all around where all, all the gymnastics are like working mm-hmm. together or is it um, each athlete competing individually? Yeah, so it's completely individually. Um, different countries actually have different numbers of athletes just because of how the rankings and everything works. Um, but yeah, it's all individual. 
Okay, cool. So with the Olympics, now that I'm getting ready mm-hmm. to watch, um, what are some other terms? Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned a preview that I'm going to be hearing of one of them of like the tea box or something, but yeah. what are some terms that you're like, okay, you should know this as um, a beginner who's watching golf? Yeah. So the tea box, you're going to notice that's where they hit, will hit the driver where they start the hole. Um, there's what we call tea markers. At the beginning of that, they'll stand in between those and there's like a certain amount of space that they're legally allowed to have according to the rules behind it they're usually just between the two um, markers and you're going to hear bunker and sand trap a lot bunker is the official name of it but the common term is sand trap that's just it's all the same thing if you hear those two terms um penalty areas you're going to hear yellow penalty areas and red penalty areas uh yellow penalty areas are basically between you and the hole red penalty areas tend to be on the side of a hole um, you're going to hear fairway. So that's just the short grass that they're t- trying to hit into on a par four and a par five. Then there's the rough. So basically any kind of grass that you have in your lawn outside, that is rough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that's what we call that. And then sometimes, I don't know if they'll have it at this course, but some courses have what we call the first. So it's the, I don't know, about like three feet of grass between the fairway and the rough. That's about half the length of the rough. Um, it just looks nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that's called the first cut. The green um, where we put um, into the hole, that's the shortest grass. Um, and so that area is called the green. And then the area around it, which is about a foot to a foot and a half, is what we call the fringe. So you're not quite on the green, but you're close enough that you can still putt if you get right there. And so it's, it's still, so I'm assuming green's then the fastest and that's why it, it's yeah. going to be these. And then the fringe is still going to be there. Would, so the, uh, but the fairway is basically mm-hmm. the entire, is the fairway from where you, the tee box, where you start, like for mm-hmm. that first swing all the way to the hole and includes the green, or is it like parts that don't like, so how, how big's y- the, the fairway? Yeah. The fairway, you can pretty much see that because the rough and the fairway, like when they meet, like it's such a difference in like the height of the grass. It's typically right down the middle. Um, And yeah, it kind of pretty much just goes right up to the green, but it's a separate thing from the green because those grasses are also different lengths. Okay. So the goal is to, especially on these higher pars then would be Mm -hmm. to get it on the, keep it on the fairway because that's easier Mm -hmm. because the grass is more predictable. It sounds like, and then you're trying to get it on to the green Mm -hmm. slash for an easier um, yeah. in the hole. Okay, cool. And you mentioned penalty areas. Now, what mm-hmm. are some of the reasons why someone may have a penalty area? Is it like, mm-hmm. yeah, like what, what would make someone go into the different so penalty a pe- areas? A penalty area would be like water hazard, like water areas, um, or areas that we kind of refer to as like junk. So natural growing areas. Um, sometimes tall grass is also considered a penalty area. It depends on the local rulings for some of those stuff but yeah if you just have an off shot and it happens to go into an area that's marked as a penalty area then you ha- you'll have to take there's certain rules of how you can take strokes from there or pull the ball out and make a drop okay yeah so whenever you see a drop mm-hmm. it's probably because it went into one of yeah, these typically typically it's because there's yeah a penalty area if there are times where they can take a drop and it's a free release. There's no penalty to it. Um, that's usually like if they're near a cart path or something, but. Okay. Yeah. They're like, this is logistically, like it's yeah. not really your fault, but like. It's yeah. Not a it's a man- yeah. I believe it's like a, it's called like a man-made, it's a man-made 
there's a word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying, trust me, we don't need to get into to that um, for this, but that's really helpful. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so sticking with the Olympic theme, um, how, I guess, so you mentioned there could be different number of athletes from sports. Mm-hmm. So what does the qualification look like? Like how mm-hmm. does, and each country might be different. So if you want to stick to us, cause that's what you know, that's fine. But how many, um, how do athletes qualify for golf in the Olympics? So actually it's all the same. It's based off of world rankings. Okay. So, um, they're all, most of them should be professional golfers, um, based off of yeah the world rankings that are listed. So the top 20, if they're within the top 20, a country can send up to four athletes. Um, if they're not in the top 20, then a country can send up to two. So in the, if the US, country's had, in the top 20 or if the athletes yeah, are. Yeah. If the okay. athletes are, but like all the athletes, like they will say in the rankings, like what country they're from, because it's not just, it's world rankings, it's not just US athletes. Got it. So because there was four Americans in the top 20, all four, those four Americans all got to go to the Olympics. Um, if there was only three in the top 20, only three would be able to go. Um, if there was, say, none in the top 20, only two people would be able to go. And would it be just the top two going past top 20? Um, or does each country then get to decide in their own way? So I think uh, I can't say for sure because obviously Whatever. Like America I mean, and stuff. The, yeah. The, the, yeah basically what you're saying is U.S. is almost always in the top mm-hmm. 20. We almost always have like at least a few players up there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so what um, so like you said before already that the course has already been honestly, it was probably specially designed for the Olympics back mm-hmm. when they did their bid, like, Hey, this is the golf course we're going to present yeah. for the summer Olympics. So I'm sure that the, the competitors have known about this course for, for mm-hmm. a long time. What tools and resources do golfers use specifically when they're trying to learn the course? Like, is there an equivalent of like in volleyball, we had a scouting report to learn our mm-hmm. opponents. Is there something like this for golf? To an extent. So the players will most likely have at least one practice round before they play the course officially. Um, something that usually happens while they're playing is typically a ca- their caddy will go out on the golf course and they will um, have like a GPS and be able to see from like different points on the golf course what the yardages or meters are. And they'll bring that back to their player. Um, some athletes are able to get uh, these special yardage books that have kind of like a like a heat ra- like a heat radar thing that shows the slope on the grid and some players will use that and I know there's been talk in the PGA that they're going to take those away and not allow those anymore um, so there's like things like that but a lot of that research and stuff comes from the practice round and just being at the golf course. Yeah. So I think, um, you touched on caddies, which I didn't realize mm-hmm. until one of my friends was like a caddy for not, not even someone who mm-hmm. was, um, I, I don't remember his name. He wasn't like a super famous golfer, but like, I was shocked with like the resource, not the, the, the knowledge that these caddies mm-hmm. had, that it was like, almost like they have the knowledge. So the golfer doesn't have to, and like the, the caddy might be the one actually telling them what they should be doing mm-hmm. and like what the next step is. So, um, I guess one, I guess it's really good that they yeah. were able to bring caddies. Cause I'm sure there was discussion around mm-hmm. like non-essential people. Um, so I'm glad they were able to recognize that caddies are pretty essential. Um, mm-hmm. what kind of like, 
I guess they, the athletes get to pick their caddy. It sounds like, and Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm sure a pretty, sounds like a sweet gig. Like you get to like travel and like know everything and love golf and like have access to some of these really cool courses. Um, what, what, I guess in a nutshell do caddies, um, do for their, their athletes? Yeah. So during a round, a caddy is going to help, um, say like we were talking about putting on the greens uh, and the slope and stuff. They're going to help the athlete look at the green and see, okay, which way is the ball going to move? Where should I aim? Um, they're going to help with, because they probably know, have a better idea of like the yardages because they should have gone on the course already. Um, if they know their athlete really well and they've worked with that athlete a lot, they're going to be very familiar with what they're, with what that golfer is comfortable with doing. So if there's suddenly uh, wind or there's elevation changes, they're going to be able to help be like, okay, yeah, you should club up here or you should probably do this shot. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they kind of act in a way as like a sounding board. And that's probably an oversimplification of it because caddies do so much um, for their golfers. But they're, yeah, they're in Eckerson there to help um, assist them in like kind of like those decisions and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still on the golfer. Well, I think it's my interpretation. I'm sure, again, it's probably from like my grandpa's really, my like bad logic. I thought caddies before I had this friend that did it. I thought they were in charge of um, just carrying the clubs. Like that was the only thing they carried the clubs and then maybe they got some like free beer. Like they were like the, the beer, mm-hmm. they'd refill the beer for the, for my grandpa. And then they'd get some too. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, no, like it is much more than, yeah. um, so like you say, sounding board is simplified, but I was like, no, I really thought for a while that they used to be just mm-hmm. the ones that carried their clubs. Um, and it could have been like a brother or a friend, but I'm like, no, these mm-hmm. are like highly sophisticated. So like, that was something that really surprised me as well. Um, okay. So taking a step outside the Olympics for a second, mm-hmm. um, I'm really interested to hear like what the average career, like career mm-hmm. looks like for a golfer. Cause I think all these sports have different, um, end goals, if you will, in the professional mm-hmm. career or even like opportunities. So what does the progression of a career look like for an elite golfer? And is like Olympics typically the pinnacle or is Olympics just like frosting on a cake of a pretty sound, um, professional golf league. Yeah, well, talking about the Olympics first, actually, golf hadn't been in the Olympics for a long time until um, 2016 in Rio. Okay. So that was the first time in, at least in my lifetime, I think long before that as well, it had been back. Um, so no, I mean, for golfers, a lot, you're going to see a lot of similarities um, with how a lot of these big name golfers um, grew up and how the different kind of tournaments that they played and a lot of them won the same things. So you'll see a lot of comparisons between like Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, like all of them. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in how um, they're up. And a lot of them start with U.S. kids or just like junior tours and they're starting young. Um, and then they're going to go through a lot, again, those junior tournaments. American Junior Golf Association is a major one for a lot of these really good golfers. Um, and so they're going to be winning tournaments like that. They're going to be winning the U.S. GA Junior. Uh, they're going to be winning the PGA Junior Championship, um, even some like international tournaments. And they kind of just build from there. Um, some go on to play in college, others will just immediately go on tour. Um, Lexi Thompson is somebody who I believe went pretty much directly on tour. And I think she started playing her first time on tour. She was like 14 or something. Um, wow. So, I mean, yeah, these they're playing from a very young age and competing from a very young age. 
and just you there's a pattern of like them winning certain events as they get older yeah I think it's very interesting because golf is one of the sports that um it doesn't always necessarily because I think it's um a lot I'm not sure if necessarily regional is the right answer um of like youth sports and like youth involvement or whatever. But like a lot of times you don't even realize, like, I think we might've had a golf team in my high school, but I'm not pot. Like, so it's just yeah. very interesting, like different um, schools of, I'm sure different income levels as well, mm-hmm. probably has a big part of it if their school can afford to have a golf team. Um, so it's really interesting to hear the different paths and even that like that, I mean, I'm sure for many golfers getting to play in college, either into the school or mm-hmm. if they can get a scholarship is like their end goal. But the fact that there is that nice pipeline is just something that I don't even think people, a lot of people realize is there mm-hmm. for youth, which is why I think, um, you know, seeing statistics about the number of women athletes, specifically youth athletes in yeah. general has been on the rise year after year mm-hmm. after the Olympics and women in the number of women in the Olympics has been increasing. I think it's so important to like highlight these sports of like, there is opportunity, there is, um, Mm-hmm. And, and like to start, unfortunately, um, you kind of have to start young with a lot of these sports. Like if you're mm-hmm. starting in high school, you're kind of behind the curve. So I think it's really, really great to like bring that career as like, Hey, this is like an avenue of possibilities. Um, yeah. not just for, uh, male athletes where you hear all these you know, mm-hmm. great names, obviously, and they are obviously phenomenal golfers, <laughs> yes. but it's, it's, um, nice to hear that options are there for, for men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. So speaking of these great golfers, do you have any favorites or any golfers you Mm -hmm. recommend us watching? Because, um, I'll be honest, like I love, I played with, um, one of the girls on the volleyball team, like, and she's in the Olympics now. So I love having someone to root for. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I just, unfortunately don't know a lot of these golfers backstories. So can you, who might know a little more about these golfers, give us some golfers to like root for, and I'll just make these my favorites that I'm rooting for too. Um, these next. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Lexi Thompson's always been my favorite. I watched her play at a local, um, one of their, there's a local LPGA event and I went and I was like 14 and like, she just hits it so far. And I, yeah, I fell in love with watching her um play so she's always been a favorite she's actually the only returner for team usa this year in the olympics so that's really cool for her um nelly corda is also one of our usa um athletes she's ranked number one in the world right now um came off of she won a major end of last month so she's a strong force right now her sister's also playing for team usa for golf so she'll be a really great one uh, Minji Lee just came off winning the Evian uh, championship, which is another major last week, uh, had a really great final round, came back, I think like just at least six strokes back of the lead and came back on the final and won in a playoff. So um, she's probably coming off of a high from that. And then we have Indy Park, um, who I believe is from South Korea, and she's the reigning gold medalist um, from 2016. So, I mean, honestly, no matter who you watch, they're all great. They're all um, really amazing golfers. And I, just, I love watching, honestly, all of them. Like women's golf is personally my favorite um, just because they all are just so passionate about it and so nice about it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting here and obviously watching all the, the volleyball games. I'm like, I love volleyball. I'm like, I think other people would love it too. And I feel like, I was like, I feel like mm-hmm. if I just talk to more people who love their sport too, I'm like, yeah. cause I, I, I'm excited to watch golf. And I, I'm genuinely like, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go. Like, I'm like adding, mm-hmm. like going to add these to all my calendars. And I'm like, I just hope that more people can like, like 
hear and share and like the love mm-hmm. of like that we have for our own sports. Cause like, obviously we're all going to be biased, but like rightfully so, but like, it's just because there's so many, like you said, great women athletes with such great passions or such great stories or just phenomenal skill. Like it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if they even have a story, it's like just being able to watch all these women compete at a high level, because the more I used to be like growing up, I used to be like team USA all the way. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I still am, but like, I just love now watching these like people like the, I think it was like the triathlon that was like from Bermuda for the woman's team who like Mm -hmm. won her country's first gold medal. And I'm like getting chills, like tearing up. I'm like, it's just so cool to like have these, like, it just feels good. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel so good of seeing people, especially being a collegiate athlete being Mm -hmm. like, I know the number of hours that I put in being a collegiate athlete. I can only imagine the hours for, so it's like, just like, like you have so much respect for all these different sports, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't play it. So, um, Thank you so much. So that's, that, those are the main questions I had. Do you think there's anything that I missed on the basics of, I I am sure there's so much, but for the, um, the easy version, I guess, of, of golf is, do you think there's anything I missed? No, I I don't think so. I think, yeah, as long as you understand the scoring, you kind of understand where people are, are at you're pretty much good to go to watch golf. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I'm asking all of our guests um, who come on this, this sports spotlight mm-hmm. series, if you wouldn't mind, if you notice that one of the golfers you mentioned, or there's like an event mm-hmm. coming up, even if you like, I'm sure your Instagram, like the people you follow are probably much different mm-hmm. than the ones I follow. If you see anything, if you could just like tag me, direct message me it so I can share it to our followers so we can start getting like more in the know of like the event, especially yeah. with the Tokyo time difference. I would love it. Love it. Love it. If you could just tag or send me anything. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on Jordan. This was so good. Um, so if this is the first one you're listening to, we just had judo, um, yesterday and tomorrow I'm going to be recording some with a rifle shooter, a rugby player and a swimmer. So we have got a lot of sports coming up. That's just what's on the horizon. Um, but thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Jordan. I'm really excited and we'll stay in touch. Maybe you'll be my little golf connection too. Uh, Since I know you've got your season coming up, (laughs) you can keep me updated in the, uh, the collegiate season as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks Jordan. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.